It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. Not only is everybody watching or listening to this, taking a Steelers Afternoon Drive, Alan himself taking a Steelers afternoon drive as you can see right now if you are watching on YouTube Alan what's going on just leaving the uh, Steelers practice facility another day on the south side and a uh, good one talk to coordinators today so kind of get into the rhythm of the season here before week one we talk to the coordinators every Thursday so probably going to hear every Thursday kind of what we talked about there and I got some news got some absurd news and I got something on my mind that I want to talk about. So I think we're going to have a good show. Okay, got it. All right, well, with the coordinator stuff today, uh, Matt Canada doesn't really say much, but I'm excited about what we're going to talk about later regarding Matt Canada. Terrell Austin, however, a couple different things to bring up. Talked about Larry Joby, and if he weren't able to go, they feel good about where the Marvin Leal is at and his ability to step into his place. One, I mean, this is concerning right off the bat to Steelers fans when you hear if Larry Joby is not able to go. Foot issue. Um, kind of been like a, a question mark thing with him and foot issues going back to last season. So I, I, you know, I don't know that there's anything actually to this, but it's certainly something the fans don't want to hear this early in the season. Well, okay. Two, two parts to that, right? I, I yeah. expect Larry Ogunjobi to play this week. Uh, I, everything I've seen and, and heard has led me to believe that he is going to play this week. Um, unless there's some kind of setback. However, like, the fact that we're still having these problems, right? The fact that we're still at this point um, doesn't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, we were promised, oh, Larry Joby is going to be better because he's going to, you know, because he's a whole year removed from the surgery now and he'll have so much more practice time with the defense and, mm-hmm. Sure doesn't seem like that part of it is really coming to fruition here. It seems like we are headed for another year where Larry Ogunjobi never practices and plays limited reps. And I thought he was okay last year. I didn't think he was bad, but you know, I certainly don't think he reached his potential. And it's hard to envision him doing that again under the current circumstances. Yeah. I would agree. And again, I think it's more so just worrisome from the fan base. Like this is already a conversation with whether you said you expect to see Larry play in this game. It's just like the fact that this is already even being brought up, I think, is what has fans already like, you know, upset about it. Because I think a lot of people viewed it as a questionable contract the time that it was signed, you know, committing three years and and that type of money to him coming off an injury that he had the previous season. Yeah, I think it's the years more than anything, right, that, yeah. that really stick out right now. I don't think the the average annual salary is any kind of albatross, but I think when you're talking about a player that is clearly having some trouble staying on the field, you never really feel good when you're tied to that guy for two more seasons, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. the Steelers would be much happier having a way out of that. Now, look, we don't know. Maybe this is going to heal this week and they'll have a perfectly normal season and We've forgotten all about this conversation in six months. Uh, it's just definitely concerning. You know, um, there have been a lot of players throughout sports history, throughout the Steelers history, that just they had all the pieces and they could not stay healthy. And 
you hate to see it. You hate to discredit a person's hard work because it's something that is largely out of their control. But at the end of the day, you do need football players to be able to play football. And I think we are starting to get to a point where it's fair to question how much of the life of that contract is Larry Ogunjobi going to be 100% for. And I think that's that's probably the far more concerning thing. I mean, you think about it like heavy running team, uh, first week of the season, going to be hot on Sunday from what I've heard. Uh, probably going to be a heavy rotation kind of game from the defensive line anyway. So even if he's yeah. not playing like his full snaps, probably not going to see a big impact from this on Sunday. But to me, I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Long-term impact is, is the bigger issue. And this, the other part of that, the Marvin Leal, you had an interesting comparison for him, calling him a relief pitcher. So in the event that we do see this relief pitcher for more snaps in week one than we will, you know, on average in most games, what do you think we can expect from DeMarvin Leal? Would you feel comfortable with him being in that position? Well, I think if it's base defense, then I think DeMarvin Leal can play as many snaps as necessary. Um, in that defensive end role, I think I compared him to Brett Kiesel when we talked before, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. like he is that kind of high motor, long, a little bit skinny, um, defensive end in that base defense when you have a guy who is taking up two blockers on the inside as a pure nose tackle, I think that makes a lot of sense for DeMar Leal. Where I, I question it is in the sub packages. You know, I think he can be that relief pitcher in, as a defensive tackle in a sub package, but um, we know what happens. As we've seen with the Pirates over the last month, we know what happens when you try to make relief pitchers into starters. <laughs> it does not always go that well. Um, and so I do think there is some concern there about how much they would want to expose Leal at, as a three-tech at that defensive tackle position. But I think they have good depth there outside of him. You know, I think Armin Watts is a guy that will have an impact there. Montrevious Adams plays a lot of three-tech. So it's not like it – I don't know if Isaiah Lauderdale is going to have a helmet, but he can certainly do yeah. that job as well. And so it's not all on Leal. You know, I think he can make an impact there. But if Larry – if for whatever reason Larry Ogunjobi can't play or if his snaps are limited, like it's not like then, oh, DeMarvin Leal has to play 100% of the defensive snaps. It would just be a bigger role. You know, maybe he's a multi-inning reliever now, you know. Uh, to to extend and likely torture the Gotcha. Alright, so we will wait and see if we get Larry Ogunjobi's season debut in week one. We also haven't gotten too much on if we'll see Desmond King's Steelers debut in week one. They seem to be pretty quiet on this front, even Terrell Austin. Like, going back to Tuesday, Tomlin wouldn't commit to it. Today, really didn't get anything more out of Terrell Austin on that front, huh? I kind of think they're trying not to play him. Um, yeah. and nobody is like unavailable in that secondary. I, I it would not surprise me at all if he is uh, scratching this game and don't like freak out and think he's useless if he is. You remember uh, when they traded for Akella Witherspoon right before the season, and then like three guys in that secondary were hurt. Witherspoon had to like start and was horrible, and then like he didn't play again for a month and a half. And then at the end of that year, it was great. It was like two completely different players. 
uh, I think that lesson is is right at the top of their mind in terms of how quickly they want to feed a new defensive back to this defense. And if you look at maybe the available receiving talent, especially the depth of available receiving talent, man, I don't know if Debo Samuels is a guy I really want to introduce a guy to a new defense against. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that just seems like as an awfully tough sled to pull when you got the Browns and the Raiders coming up in terms of the number and the types of offensive weapons. Yeah, that can make sense to kind of like slow play this process. There's not necessarily a rush to get them out there in week one. It's not like they don't have capable bodies. Um, so, yeah, I guess that makes sense for sure. It's funny that we talked about uh, the Desmond King joking around the the switch on the sports books for the Steelers odds changing when they signed Desmond King. And no, it wasn't because of signing Desmond King. However, looking at sports books for week one, there's a half point difference now from when the San Francisco 49ers finalized that deal with Nick Bosa swinging back in their favor, two and a half point favorites now for Sunday, as opposed to two points. Are we going to do, are we going to pick games here? Is that a thing we should do? Ooh. I don't know. I'm I don't know. open to it. I, we have not, this is, we have not discussed this at all. I'm just going completely off script here. And yeah. Yammering. But if that is something that people want to do, want us to do, let us know, and we will. Do well, it. I think it'd be cool too because they could also be picking them. games in the comments. It's a way for them to get involved yes. as well. Yes, yes, which would be um, awesome. So maybe we so should. I, I think we should do that. I um I was a little surprised that the line moved because, like I said when we talked about Bosa, I was pretty sure he was going to play. And so that sort of mm-hmm. tells me that maybe maybe Vegas was not sure that he was going to play. Otherwise, the line wouldn't move at all, right? And um, I I kind of like the Steelers getting some points here at home, man. I, they're not a home dog very often. I think, yeah. I, would, I, think I would take that. Week one. Yeah, it, it, like we were talking about this. There are like uh, Nick six and I just like NFL the home underdogs this year. They're like really? six NFL home underdogs this week. Yeah. I, bonkers to me. Those are generally pretty mm. friendly bets. And week one. Yeah, especially in week one. Week one, I want points always. I feel like that's that's where I'm at. But, yeah, I like the Steelers. And I think if you waited, you got an extra half a point. Oh, let's um make this mention, too. We have an insanely good uh, gambling uh, promo going on at SteelersNow.com right now. Go check it out. It's on the front of our website and also like in every story and in the story that I wrote about the lines changing with Nick Bosa, uh, it's in there as well. But if you sign up for Points Bet score, uh, Sportsbook and make a $50 first bet, you get a $150 coupon for a free Fanatics jersey. Oh, wow. So bet $50 on the Steelers or against the Steelers or on Kansas Tech or whatever floats your boat and get a free Steelers jersey or any jersey, anything Fanatic sells, uh, $150. It's one of the best uh, sportsbook promos I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah. And you should definitely take advantage of it if you're into that kind of thing. And yeah, obviously, uh, gamble responsibly, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. But uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's something we're checking out. 
I, I know that people are sick of hearing about Nick Bosa, but I wanted to ask you if you saw anything, like any quotes or anything that came out of Adam Schefter talking about it on Pat McAfee's show today. Um, because he mentioned that he actually threw in the situation with TJ Watt where, you know, depending on what you want to believe that he walked into Rooney's office and said, we, we're, this deal's done. We want to get this deal done, like overrolling his agents. It sounds like the 49ers still thought they were a ways, like pretty far apart. And Nick Bosa said, I want to come back to work. So he took the deal that was on the table. That doesn't, that kind of surprises me because I think this is a pretty Nick Bosa friendly contract. Yeah. Like, I don't know what more he would have been asking for than this. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, he, he's easily the highest paid non-quarterback, easily the highest paid defensive player, blows TJ's contract away. Like, what What more did you want, man? I, I, that, that really surprises me that, uh, that that's the way this went down because I said this when the news broke, it's like this is a deal that I feel like they should have been able to make a long time ago. I don't, I don't no. think that it should have needed to wait that long to get that deal done. I, I'm, I'm a little confused by that, but um, you know, it is what it is. I'm not in that room, so it's hard to judge. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I found it interesting too. I mean, yeah, because Bosa wanted the deal done around draft time, like. And San Fran was tabling it apparently for so long. And actually, before Kyle spoke yesterday, Shanahan, he was ready to go into that press conference and talk about nothing new on the Bosa front. And somebody hurried up and updated him like three minutes before it started that they had a done deal. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, they didn't think they were getting it done yesterday. And, and he kind of said, I had sort of made peace with not having him for week one. Very, wow. you know, that that's one of those things like contract negotiations, I think, um, is an under-reported on and an underrated aspect of, of this. I think it's really hard to be a good franchise at both making a feel, player feel appreciated, needed, wanted, um, and also getting good salary cap value. And, and I think the Steelers do a pretty good job of that. And, you know, here's another example. I think the idea of these players, TJ did it, Minka did it, Deontay did it for a little bit. We called it holding in where they're at practice and they're doing individual work, but they're not subjecting themselves to a potential injury by getting hit and tackling and that kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh were like, oh, what is this? Chuck Noll would have never allowed that. I think if you compare it to what their contemporaries are doing around the NFL, like I think the Steelers haven't haven't figured out like what they, their way is working better. Um, TJ Watt was in a better position to be successful in week one 2021 than Nick Bosa is right now. I don't think you can argue that. And I think the Steelers got a better deal than the 49ers did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, agree on that I think part. that's, that's interesting that, you know, I think they, they thread that needle pretty well of making sure the players know that they're wanted, that they're needed, that they're valuable, but also kind of, Hey, here's where we need to be for us, for the team. 
and how can we make that happen? And how can also we go through this process in the way that is the least disruptive to what we're trying to do as a team? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that is interesting. What else is interesting, Alan? I did not expect the week leading up to the NFL season kicking off that I would hear somebody say that Matt Canada could potentially be an NFL head coaching candidate, depending on how the 2023-2024 season goes. I, I didn't have that on my bingo card, but here we are. I don't think Matt Canada had that on the on his bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Like Matt's trying not to get fired here, man. Like, come on. Like, let's let's be yeah. real. Like this I don't even know if Matt wants to be an NFL head coach. I've never talked to him about it. Like I don't know. I, you know, like what uh <laughs> well give the people the background, I guess. Yeah, so Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, was talking about, you know, if Kenny Pickett goes on to have the type of season that, you know, a lot of people are thinking he could potentially have if he has a successful season, it could lead to Matt Canada getting a head coaching opportunity. We've seen it in the past where offensive coordinators of a team that has a fantastic offensive season end up getting a head coaching opportunity if the Steelers, you know, look anything like what they have in the preseason that success carries over for an entire season. Could Matt Canada's name be thrown into the ring as a head coaching candidate? I mean, it's kind of hilarious, but also like not entirely. I mean, there's lots of reasons why it won't happen, but let's talk for a minute about why it could, I guess. Um, Let's enter the matrix. Here's here's why I think it could Mm -hmm. one is that the league underrated Kenny Pickett, in my opinion. Kenny Pickett should have been a top 15 draft. Um, I, I believe that. And I think the league underrated him. And it is always easier to convince yourself when you are in a problem with multiple variables, you know, a plus B equals five. Well, I said A didn't amount to very much, so B must be a lot, right? You know, mm-hmm. Pickett plus Canada equals really good Steelers offense, and these people have already said, uh, we don't really think that much of Kenny Pickett. It's always a lot easier to convince yourself that, oh, you were right. It's just that Matt Canada turned out to actually be really good. Uh, okay, so that's one reason. The second reason is, Everybody likes offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. Every owner wants to hire an offensive coach. Okay. And I think there is such an incredible um, amount of respect for Mike Tomlin around the NFL that has never really been able to play out in terms of his assistance getting coached because he has always relied on older veteran coordinators that were not really guys that were candidates to become head coaches. If you really think about it, Canada is the first time that Mike Tomlin has had a coordinator that was a young up-and-coming guy that could realistically be a head coach candidate. And, you know, I guess Todd Haley could have been a, a reclamation mm-hmm. project candidate, you know, but but in terms of like guys that, that have had that job under Tomlin that could really be a candidate, he's kind of the first one. And so I think there would be some desire from the league 
to be like, oh, here's a Tomlin assistant. We could tap into that Mike Tomlin coaching tree, right? That's a place I would like to be. I would like to get some of the secret sauce that that he has had going in Pittsburgh. Um, so those are the reasons I think it's possible. Now, <laughs> how much time we got? <laughs> Here's why it won't happen. First of all, like, I'm not sure that if I was trying to tap into Mike Tomlin's secret sauce that Matt Canada would be the person I would pick. They're not that alike as people, as coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're very different. Um, second of all, like like I said, Matt Canada is far more likely to be fired at the end of this year than to be a head coaching candidate, like, just based on what we've seen the last two years. Uh, yeah. It will take a phenomenal like, – I think it's going to take an above-average performance here to keep his job, let alone – uh, get a better one because of it. And Matt kind of has a reputation of being a little bit of a guy that kind of does his own thing, uh, marches to the beat of his own drum a little bit. You know, he, he bounced around. He had like a hundred jobs in college football. And some of that was just circumstance. But, you know, I, I got the sense that he was not one of those like old school like obsessed with loyalty kind of coaches, you know, compared him to his old boss at Pitt and, and former, uh, you know, they coached together at NIU, Pat Narduzzi, right? Where Narduzzi went to Michigan State and was coordinator for 100 years and, and you know, gave that place everything he had before he sort of almost begrudgingly accepted his, his promotion. Uh, that's not how Canada ever was. And I think – um, there is a certain strain of owner that will not appreciate that. I'm not saying they all would hold it against him. Somebody hired Bill Belichick. Like, you know, personality doesn't mean yeah. everything. But I think there are some owners that, that might that might just kind of cross him off a list um, because of that. And so, I mean, I'm not predicting it to happen. But I think it is you know, and, and that interview was on uh, 97 The Fan yesterday. And this morning, Adam Crowley, good friend on the Fan Morning Show, said, you know, I think I, I think Canada's more likely than Terrell Austin. And I, I kind of agree with that. I think Terrell Austin has been a better coordinator. But just because of his age um, and his lack of experience with the league, like he's kind of still a new thing. Uh, and I, I do believe that Kenny Pickett could have a really good year. Like I think – the idea of Pickett turning into this better-than-people-talk quarterback is very realistic, and Canada would get a good amount of credit for that along the way. It is not insane to talk about it. Let's just say that. You really got my mind going there. The one thing that I didn't think about whatsoever was how many people bring up the lack of coaching tree for Mike Tomlin, and it would be absolutely hilarious if Matt Canada was the guy to break that mold. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, pretty it's, it's very funny to think about. But but to your point, uh, there's, it's not like NFL head coaches. There's just one type. Right. But from like a personality standpoint, it is really hard for me to picture him being an NFL head coach as we sit here right now. Yeah. But I mean, look, like I think there's a lot of similarities between Canada and Nathaniel Hackett. 
Like, I don't think they're that different. And he was just an NFL oh, head coach. Man. Now, he was an yeah. abject failure as an NFL head coach. So maybe I'm damning Canada with, with some faint praise there. But, like, personality-wise, like, ability-wise, I, I don't really think they're that different. You know, if Canada had Aaron Rodgers, I think it, his offense would have been a little better. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> hey, we might be having the discussion – Canada having Kenny Pickett. So let's 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 pivot this conversation a little bit to the quarterbacks of these two teams right now because I think we're going to have go. this is yeah this is what I want to talk about today and I want I want your you know the usual format here is we talk about things you kind of mm-hmm. ask me some questions I kind of explain some things to you to the audience to myself sometimes um, I want to know what you think about this first because this is okay. where I wanted to go with the show today. And I think it's a hard question to be honest with yourself about. If you were building an NFL team right now, going into this game, week one, 2023, would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Brock Purdy as your starting quarterback? Now, this is, I hate to answer questions with a question, but this is taking into consideration where they were drafted and their contracts and everything like that. Like every, all those yeah, factors. Their contracts, are, their contracts are different. Like you get Purdy a little cheaper, but let's, yeah. let's put the money aside. Which, like, if you were, if there's an expansion draft this year, if there was an expansion team this year and you could have either one of those guys, which one would you take? Yeah. I mean, I'm taking Kenny Pickett. And, the reason watching Brock Purdy and this isn't like a knock of him by any means. I think he is more of a, and we've had this conversation on here, more of a product of the system than Kenny is of the system. I think Kenny actually can be a little bit of an elevator of talent. I don't necessarily see Brock Purdy in that same light. And I don't think it's a knock to say that he's really good at running Shanahan's system. I just don't think you could drop him in somewhere else and expect him to look the exact same as he has in San Fran. I think that's kind of like it's a complicated answer, right? Because your choice would not be Purdy or Pickett like one to one, right? It would be like, oh, well, you could have Purdy, and what else could you get because you're not taking, you know what I mean? Like, and so, like, I think I, I, I you know, I was, I, if you did you read Derek's uh, piece of SteelersNow.com, Derek Bell broke down. Uh, Purdy today, and you know he's impressive. Like he's not, he does not have outstanding physical traits, but I think he really maximizes what he has in a pretty proficient way. And I I don't know, like, well, so here's here's the thing though. Like, if you're asking me to take nothing into consideration besides the player, my answer is Pickett. But if you're going back through and saying Kenny Pickett at twentieth overall, or getting Purdy later on and being, yeah, and being able to use the draft picks in other ways, even if you think about it with their contract, like would you like what's Purdy making this year? Like seven hundred thousand? Would you rather pay Purdy seven hundred thousand or Kenny? Like, what does he make? Two million. 1.8 1, 1, 1. Right. million. Yeah, I think the only there. thing you're gaining there would be the fifth year option on on Kenny. Yeah, that's true. You did get the fifth year option. Yeah, but I just think it it depends on the system too. You know, like if I have a bad team with a bad offensive line, and I need my quarterback to run around and play outside of structure a lot, mm-hmm. I think I might rather have Kenny. But yeah. if I have a good offense. 
with like a good offensive line that already has like veterans in place and structure in place, playmakers, guys that can get open on their own. I think I might rather have Purdy for right now. Like it's not a clear choice to me that Kenny will be better. I think he will be better, but probably not for every team in every situation. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, if you go and ask people in San Fran which one they would rather have, I'm assuming that most of them are going to say Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think, I think, well, I think for San Francisco's offense and, and their situation, he's perfect. I wonder if, you know, you're a team that's been quarterback starved that didn't get one who would, uh, you know, let's say, uh, you know, let's say Geno Smith, uh, you know, is going to leave Seattle after this year and they need to go get a, a quarterback in a trade. Who do you think they would rather have? I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I don't think I'm would, actually, I think if you polled NFL GMs, you would get both answers. I don't know that you would get both answers equally, but I think you would get some people to say Purdy. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to the other teams that took quarterbacks from that same year, Washington, Atlanta, Tennessee, those teams, what their answer to that one would be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think Tennessee is not particular look, I think the the Willis thing has been blown out of proportion, you know. I think Malik Willis was a first-round talent. I think Malik Willis had a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. And so you take him and you hope you can make him You can make him into it. If you don't think you can do it, then you don't. But um, you, know, you have to consider upside as part of a draft conversation in a different way than you have a conversation with a guy He's already played a year, you know. I think we've mm-hmm. seen because as as much as we said that a guy like Kenny Pickett has a pretty high floor, the floor between a rookie that has never played in the NFL and a guy with one semi even even a mediocre season is so different, right? Like, like yeah, Kenny Pickett's floor has gone up a lot, even though he was a guy who was talked about as a high floor rookie. Because now he's done it in the NFL and he's done at least okay. Um, yeah. I, I, if you could redraft those five, would it be would it be for you, Pickett, Purdy? Yes. Six. I guess it was six. Who's Zappy. the sixth? Oh, Zappy. Zappy. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah. So between like okay, but oh, and. Uh, Matt Corral, Matt who has really played, in there too. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but out of the ones that like have played or are going to be starting quarterbacks, yeah, we didn't year, learn any more about Matt Corral, like let's yeah, the Zappy and, and those guys, Pickett, Purdy, Hal, Ritter, uh, Zappy. Was that it? No, Willis. Willis. Uh, I'd take Willis before Ritter. I think I might take Willis before everyone other than Peyton and Purdy. Okay. Just because of the talent. Like, I don't know. I We'll see what Sam Howell brings to the table this year. It's really hard mm-hmm. to say because we haven't really learned very much about him. Also, Howard, did you see the stuff about Ron Rivera? Like, 
didn't even know that he was good because he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing in practice. And he said that out loud, like in an interview. No, I miss, I miss this. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you what now? Like he yeah. said, like, I didn't really know what we had in that guy. I would have played him before if I did. Now I'm not going to say that every NFL head coach is like, that's where Matt Canada is going to be the head coach practice. Like, for, okay. It's, it sounds ridiculous, but it's not. Like, there's 13 things going on in every minute of NFL practice. They only get mm-hmm. two hours a day. They have to pack them full of stuff. It is really hard to watch all of it. It's my job to watch all of it, and I know it's really hard. Like, you can't watch seven on sevens happening over here, and it's O-line, D-line over here, and all the specialists are doing something over here. Like, there's 13 things happening at once. I get it. Your backup quarterback – might not be your priority on a week-in, week-out basis. How the hell do you say that? Like, how loud that you're like, I don't know, man. Turns out he's pretty good, but who knew? That's, uh, that's, that's wild to me. Uh, Alan, I did pull one thing from YouTube to bring up before we get out of here. And I thought this was interesting. And this, I feel like is kind of good because of the conversation we just had with like the value that they provide for where they were taken and stuff like that. Which player currently on the Steelers do you feel like provides the best value based off their contract to the team? So like best per dollar, I guess. I don't know. Like who's giving them the most for their dollar? Um... Jalen Warren comes to mind right away. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent last year. He's making basically nothing. Um, yeah. He's going to play a lot and be a big contributor for the offense. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's another guy kind of in that mold. That I think Quan Alexander at a million bucks, like basic, basically yeah. the minimum salary. That's kind of crazy to me. Those would be the two guys I think that kind of stand out as like really good value for what the Steelers are paying them. Um, I mean, most rookies are good value. Like that's not really anything new. Warren is kind of an extreme example in that he plays a lot for a guy that is almost undrafted and makes the absolute minimum. Um, yeah, I can't come up with anybody else that I think fits in there all that well yeah yeah i think jalen warren's a good one to be on that um that's where i would probably go yeah i think jalen warren and quan alexander are the two that probably stand out the most to me there what's a like a set so for like what's george pickens and fryermuth making like second round picks within that 50 something so it steps up like each year yeah so like like Pickens is making this year a lot more than Keanu Benton, and Fryermuth is making a lot more than Pickens. I think they, I think Fryermuth is into the into the mid one millions. And I think Pickens is maybe right at a million, if, if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly. Okay, yeah, I was I'm loading it here, but it's taking forever for some reason. So, at least with Pickens. Yeah, so there's rookie deals. You know, you start at like one spot based on your draft slot, and then it goes mm. up every year. So like a fourth year second round pick makes a lot more than a rookie second round pick. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, not that those came to mind more than Jalen Warren, because that's a really good one. But 
I just thought about those guys too. Yeah, I mean, Pickett, any, any anybody on a rookie contract, like you said, I mean, any, yeah, anybody. I mean, Kenny Pickett's probably going to be a pretty good value too. I mean, yeah. what would he get on the open open market? Like a lot, you know. That that's going back to our big question. I think if they, if if both of them got cut today, cleared waivers, and could sign with whoever for whatever, I think Kenny Pickett would get the bigger contract. Hmm. Yeah, but I do think that there would be teams that would prefer Purdy. Yeah, uh, Pickens makes one point zero one. Pat makes one point seven. So, oh, how right? about that? How about yeah. that? He's got the he's got the the salary <laughs> numbers and everything. Steel trap, right here. Wow, really good stuff. If you want more of that, go ahead. Yeah, SteelersNow.com at PGA Steelers Now on YouTube. And hey, I want to know what you guys think about this pick and purdy thing. And don't just all oh yeah. Oh, it's Kenny. Tell me why. Tell me why. You think Kenny yep. Pickett is better than Brock Purdy? We need some Why, ball knowers. What, make, what makes him better? Why is he the right answer? I want to hear it. And also, if you're the, the Steelers fan that is on the other side of that fence, I'm very interested to hear your opinions about Brock Purdy. I think he's pretty good. Read Derek's article. It's awesome. So glad to have Derek on our team. Let's get him back on the pod here again soon. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, subscribe to the channel. Like Alan said, leave us a like, hit that notification bell. We will expect the comments to be flooded with opinions on Pickett versus Purdy. Some stuff for us to talk about on the next episode. And we can revisit this there. on Monday because yes, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we may have fun. some changing of opinions. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, you can find me at Zachary Smith, PGH. Um, but until then, we got one more episode this week, and then bam, all of a sudden, Steelers are 49 to be ready to kick off. So we will see you tomorrow. But until then, thanks for taking another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. Bye-bye.